shares of Tesla are rising today after the electric car maker reported record deliveries for 2021. We will cover that in our next segment. But right now, the upcoming week will include the government jobs report for December and minutes from the most recent meeting of the Fed. We're joined by Carl Riccadonna, chief U.S. economist, Bloomberg based in New York. Carl, thanks for joining us today. Uh, before we dive into the December jobs report, let's talk about construction spending for November. Uh, home building, lifting that figure. Um, will that trend continue as uh, as uh, uh, infrastructure bill spending uh, arrives on the books in 2022? Well, I think the infrastructure spending is going to show up a little bit later uh, in the course of the year. So I don't think we should look for too much lift to that in the uh, first part of uh, 2022. Uh, that being said, the uh, home construction component of this series uh, should definitely continue to be a driver. Uh, we have inventories at extremely low levels, and so there is going to have to be a, a significant pickup uh, with home builders uh, to make up for some of that uh, shortage. That, again, might not be too evident during the uh, winter months when a lot of activity is uh, quite literally uh, frozen under. Uh, but once we get into the building season, uh, presumably March, April, uh, May, I think we'll see uh, a much stronger lift in those categories. Prices are high. Uh, interest rates are still at very affordable levels, uh, and that means that builders, uh, if they can navigate supply chain disruptions, uh, should uh, lift activity pretty measurably in the in the first part of this year. What type of new construction is driving the home building boom? Is this is this teardowns, or is it developers uh, finding even more farmland to buy and build homes on? Well, it's an across-the-board uh, effort, really. In older developed markets, you tend to have more of the, the teardown, uh, refurbish uh, type of activity. Uh, but also, we're seeing a lot of price appreciation in those uh, cities that seem to sprawl further and further from the uh, city center. Places like Phoenix, Arizona, for example, uh, where you do have a lot of new developments uh, trying to uh, make up for that inventory shortage. We do have the government jobs report on Friday. Uh, what is uh, the consensus for Friday's report and uh, how much stock should we take in it, especially since uh, the previous reports haven't really uh, caught up with the turmoil in the job market? Absolutely. As we look at uh, this uh, Friday's report, which is, again, a December report, and to, to make it even more nuanced, it's uh, an early December report. So uh, basically, uh, survey responses are collected uh, through the, uh, the week containing the 12th, uh, and that was before something called Omicron was really on uh, the radar screen for a lot of employers. So I think we'll see a continuing strain in the labor market with uh, individuals sitting on the sidelines uh, whether it's for caretaking reasons or uh, uh, families that have kids doing remote learning uh, or other reasons uh, that the workers are not jumping into the uh, labor market vigorously, uh, I'm assuming those factors will only get that much worse uh, as we look at uh, January and possibly February employment data. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, you will see uh, a lot of job openings there that are not being filled uh, for these various uh, frictions in the labor market. I would think uh, we'll see something in the vicinity of 300 to 400,000. Not a bad report uh, looking at uh, pre-pandemic uh, paces of uh, hiring, but still showing uh, a significant uh, loss relative to employment levels uh, where they were pr prior to the pandemic. Well, we're hitting the ground running in the first week of the new year. Thanks for joining us. Carl Riccadonna, Chief U.S. Economist, Bloomberg, based in New York. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 
Tesla is reporting better-than-expected uh, results from last year, delivering more than 936,000 vehicles. Let's discuss the success with Jeff Gilbert, who is the CBS Auto Reporter based in Detroit, Michigan. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. Uh, 2021 seemed like the year when uh, the auto industry jumped in with both feet, but uh, how much catch-up work do they have to do, the, G- the big three automakers, uh, to catch Tesla? Oh, there's a ton of catch-up work, uh, but uh, we're seeing a lot of that work already. First, a lot of Tesla's record success for, for last year is built on the back of the Model Y, Tesla's new small mid-sized crossover. I mean, that's that's at the heart of the market, SUVs. So that's one of the reasons they did so well in the U.S. And then you add in the fact that their plant is now operating in China, which is now the world's biggest car market. Uh, but what we're starting to see is more competitive vehicles from traditional car makers. Ford's Mustang, Mach-E is out. They're still not able to make it in big numbers, but it, it's gone well. This year, we'll see EVs from Cadillac. We'll see more EVs from Volkswagen. We'll see probably twice as many electric vehicles debut this year than we saw last year. And when it comes to uh, these other electric models, especially from the big three automakers, um, are they poised to, uh, to, to, to find a great deal of success in this marketplace, or are they going to have to fend off challenges from other upstarts like Rivian? Yeah, exactly. It's a very interesting business to watch. First, uh, you're not going to see as much head-to-head between Tesla and the Detroit 3 at first because the Detroit 3 are really concentrating on pickup trucks and vans because they feel businesses are going to be a a great untapped market. Businesses want to be green, and they also have the ability to to recharge these vehicles. A business isn't going to take a van on a cross-country trip. So later this week, we'll see an electric Chevy Silverado from GM that's going to be competing with an electric Ford F-150. And you mentioned Rivian. Uh, Rivian was actually first to market with an electric pickup truck. So so they're a new competitor. And let's not forget about another company called Lucid that has a $160,000, I believe, 700-mile range sedan. And you laugh, Nico, okay, who's going to buy a $160,000 electric car? Well, that's just the first one. They have others on the drawing boards that will be coming in in the typical luxury market. So they're going to be a player as well. And then very quickly, Jeff, uh, the transition away from the internal combustion engine toward the electric car. Are we now at the point of that really fast transition where we'll just uh, uh, wake up one day and everyone's going to have an EV? Uh, No, we're at the point that the speed of it is picking up, but it's still going to take a while. We're probably talking the end of this decade, early next decade, before more EVs are sold than conventional gasoline-powered vehicles, and probably at least 20 to 30 years before most of the gasoline-powered vehicles on the road today are off the road. Thanks for joining us today. Jeff Gilbert, CBS News Automotive Correspondent based in Detroit. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM News. Noon business hour. Apple enjoyed a big bump in sales of AirPods and other wearables over the holidays, and 2022 could be even bigger. Let's get the latest now from Jennifer Jolly, USA Today Tech Life columnist for USA Today and founder and editor in chief of Techish.com, based in San Francisco. Jennifer, thanks for joining us today. What was it about AirPods that made him such a hot seller this holiday season? Everybody bought AirPods this year. Part of the uh, allure of them is that they're a great gadget 
for younger people, for older people, anyone who has any part of the Apple ecosystem already. Have an iPad, AirPods are great. Have an iPhone, AirPods are great. So I saw a lot of my friends giving them to kids this year. And, you know, with that starting price of uh, just under $200, well, they, they range in cost from one. 30 to 550. I mean, to give a kid a $130 gift, that says a lot about how much people value these. But the other thing, Rob, is that a lot of people lose one. And, you know, people spend about a half a billion dollars a year just replacing their lost AirPods. So we've got some interesting um, kind of tech markers of sort of why these have become so popular. Yeah, you do wonder uh, how much of uh, Apple's trillion-dollar evaluation is people washing their <laughs> AirPods in the washing machine. I own four pairs of AirPods. I've been getting them since the beginning, and I often only wear one, and I might take it out, I'll put it in my pocket, and do exactly that. One will go through the wash, I'll lose one, and you, you're kind of stuck. You have to go and buy a whole new set of them. So that's really interesting. And then we're also expecting them to come out with new AirPods Pro this fall. Everybody's going to run out and get those. Um, and we're expecting them to release an augmented reality kind of uh, set of smart glasses that will add to their wearable ecosystem. Not to mention their wearable ecosystem is already super, super strong with the Apple Watch. So a lot coming up for Apple. I think we're, we're seeing a, a new sort of boon for Apple products this year. And when you talk about Apple's uh, augmented reality system, I mean, Facebook, I mean, excuse me, uh, Meta has their <laughs> Oculus helmet, which is uh, pretty cool. I've played around with it myself. Um, what can you as the Apple uh, augmented reality helmet user uh, glean from wearing this on a daily basis? Oh, my gosh. It, you know, Facebook, I did try their latest out. Now, Oculus, fabulous for gaming. Everybody loves that. It's, you know, the price point, price of entry, not too bad. But we're talking more like AR headset, maybe even smart glasses. Those have not done so well yet. Um, so we expect Apple's AR headset to be introduced as early or as soon as this spring. Now, tons of people will get that just because it's Apple and they buy everything Apple. <clears throat> they want to be the first. We know that it's probably going to be a little glitchy and not as good as the Oculus. Um, in terms of Meta and the other companies kind of playing catch up in this world of VR, there are some amazing VR headsets out there. AR is more augmented reality, so that's the idea that you could be walking down the street wearing these glasses uh, and, you know, maybe read your text messages while you're walking down the street, make phone calls, see notifications, see what street you're on. So it will be really interesting to see just how deeply they go into this virtual reality or if they stick a little more to augmented reality. Either way, that's the, the way the future is shaping up. And we're seeing a lot of it at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show that's opening in Las Vegas this week. Just know a lot more is on its way. Thanks for joining us. Jennifer Jolly, USA Today, Tech Life columnist and founder of Techish.com in San Francisco. Stocks are trading higher today. We're joined by Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist, National Securities, based in New York. Art, thanks for joining us today. It would appear that uh, Tesla is taking the markets for a ride. Yeah, sure is. They came out with some uh, great delivery data over the weekend, and clearly 
that's probably the, the most important uh, thing that uh, people look at in terms of Tesla. Can they deliver on those uh, uh, promises that they made at the beginning of the year? And certainly seems like deliveries caught people by surprise uh, when that announcement came out. So investors are trying to play catch up in Tesla, which is uh, one of the top performing stocks in the S P 500 uh, last year and, and uh, is off to a great start this year. Uh, looking ahead to 2022, uh, the Bloomberg had their roundup of predictions for the year. And the interesting thing was that a lot of the analysts uh, did not believe COVID to be the big economic threat this year. They think it's going to go from uh, pandemic to endemic and will just be absorbed into our lives. Uh, the, the number one word for 2022 right now is inflation. And uh, where do you see that going as the year goes on? Yeah, I think that I think both of those uh, concerns that we have, both those headwinds that faced us and have faced us over the last couple of years, and certainly intensified in 2021, uh, will likely start to recede uh, into the background in 2022. So clearly, this latest variant of uh, uh, COVID-19 is is spreading fast, so it likely peaks and, and peters out fast as well. So it's going to burn itself out in a month instead of three months like the Delta variant did back in February. But on the same hand, I would also say that inflation is likely to get better, not worse, as we enter the end of the first quarter and into the second quarter as we start to unglue some of those supply chain issues. And I, I clearly think that uh, inflation will end the year at about half of where it started the year. And I think that's also promising and, and presents opportunities for investors. The uh, new uh, the December jobs report comes out on Friday and uh, barring any uh, major surprises, it's going to show uh, continued healing in the job market after that big layoff at uh, in April of 2020. But uh, the entertainment sector, restaurants, hotels, uh, that's still struggling to come back because uh, business travel, that seems like it's going to be the last thing to recover. Is this the year that uh, uh, will this be the year that uh, big business rediscovers the convention and the joys of uh, entertaining oneself on the company dime? Yeah, I think it's it's likely to happen, but not right away. And, and to your point, I think you're right. It's the last thing that comes back. But I think as we exit the first quarter into the second quarter, people feel more comfortable about where we are in the state of play and the path of the, the pandemic and the, and the latest variant and how that will likely have peaked and, 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 and work its way down to a trough. And as the pandemic goes, as you mentioned at the outset, from a pandemic to an endemic, we, we will likely start to see a more normalized business travel. But it will likely take several quarters before we get back to 2019 levels. So I think that's the last sector to heal. I think uh, personal travel and travel and entertainment has actually picked up in, 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 in a lot of different sectors is, is back to where we were in, uh, in 2019. But I think business travel is going to take most of this year to get back to normal. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist, National Securities, based in New York. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The new year is a perfect time to take stock of your retirement strategy. Let's get some help from Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer of the Wealth Management Group with offices in Inverness and Downers Grove. Craig, thanks for joining us today. Um, it if you're wanting to take, you know, reassess your retirement plan for 2022, if that's one of your uh, New Year's resolutions, um, I would imagine you probably have different goals depending on uh, where you are in the retirement process. So let's start with the people who may be a couple of decades away and are coming out of the uh, the, the pandemic downturn. Maybe they had a company that uh, suspended the 401k match uh, when everything turned down or they, 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 they reduced their own contributions because 
because uh, they were concerned about, uh, uh, you know, paying bills during the pandemic. All those things are in the past, it would appear. What do you do to kind of reset your retirement plan if you're going to retire in the 2030s or 2040s? That's right, Rob. It's time to fall in love again with your employer-sponsored retirement plan. 401k, 403b, 457, and this year I've got good news. Everybody can put away an additional $1,000 in 2022. That's a maximum of $20,500. Now, Rob, $20,500 is a lot of money, and that's a lofty goal for a lot of Americans, especially coming on the other side of the pandemic, and we're still going through job challenges. So I want everybody to consider, especially if you're getting a pay raise in January, maybe that pay raise is 4%. I would love to see 1% to 2% of that salary increase go directly into that 401k or 403b. Your future retirement self will thank you. They uh, I was talking to some person a couple of months ago uh, talking about the uh, HR arms race that's going on right now as companies uh, really compete to either hold on to or attract talent. And if you as an employee are lucky enough to find yourself in that bidding war, what's something that you can ask for uh, that could uh, benefit your retirement fund later on? Well, I think the first is most employers have begun to do this, but there's still a few that have not. I would be ensuring when I talk to HR that I don't just have a traditional pre-tax 401k. I would emphatically want to make sure I have the opportunity to do a Roth 401k. For those that already have both of those sleeves as a choice to contribute to, I think it's worth a conversation to the employer about, can I also make what I call after tax? That's different than Roth contributions to the 401k. So I can do some mega backdoor Roths in the future, but that's probably above and beyond. That's what I call retirement planning 201 or 301. I think for everybody else, it's something so eloquent. Everyone accesses oftentimes their health insurance through their employer. And I would love to see workers talk to their HR department and get health savings account options that can be paired with that 401k so people can put money away in a triple tax preference account that preferably can be earmarked for those future retiree health care premiums. So Rob, Roth 401k, voluntary after-tax contributions and a health savings account, that's what I'd be lobbying for. Now, what if uh, you're entering 2022 and saying to yourself, you know what, this is it. This is the year I'm actually going to take the plunge and actually retire. If you are maybe a year away from that projected retirement date or a couple of months, what are some things uh, that you can do to get yourself properly positioned for that day? Well, Rob, right now, today, not next week, not next month, and certainly you don't have a year if you're going to be retiring, you've got to take a strong look and start managing your ADRs. What do I mean by that? Take a look at your asset allocation, make sure you're properly diversified, 
You've got to have a plan to rebalance and make sure you're selecting excellent investment options. And all of those ADRs need to be tied directly to your retirement plan. And especially, I just provide this warning, you know, no one knows where markets are heading, although I enjoy starting the year at Dow 36,400. I worry that with a massive gain in equities, there are some investors that might be a little bit too far over their skis, meaning allocated a bit more to equities than their retirement plan calls for. And I think people need to check that out if they're going to be retiring in the next 12 to 18 months. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for the advice. Craig Milano's founding partner and chief executive officer of the Wealth Management Group with offices in Inverness and Downers Grove. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Stock Picker Monday, and helping us out this afternoon is Chuck Carlson, the CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter, based in Hammond, Indiana, also the author of Winning with the Dow's Losers. Chuck, thanks for joining us on this first Stock Picker Monday of 2022. And your first uh, stock of the day is uh, it's an old-school stock. It's one that dates back to the 19th century, but uh, could allow you to take advantage of a 2020 type of problem uh yes uh i have two <laughs> i have here two uh rob picks today uh that kind of feed off of two themes that i think are going to work pretty well in 2022 one is kind of small and mid-cap stocks i think will do okay and two uh dividend payers i think will have a better year in, in 2022 uh the, the first stock that i'm going to mention is western midstream partners the symbol is w-e-s uh, this uh, stock trades for about twenty-two dollars and sixty-eight cents. Uh, Western Midstream Partners basically is involved in the gathering, processing, transporting of natural gas and natural gas liquids, uh, primarily in the Delaware Basin, which is in West Texas, and the DJ Basin in Colorado. Uh, the company has a distribution yield of about six percent, and plans to grow that distribution dividend by about 5% per year. So it's a, a, a mid-sized company. Market cap is about $9 billion. Uh, I'd like the energy uh, to have some energy exposure in a portfolio in 2022, I think is going to work okay, particularly as an inflation hedge. And here you get a pretty nice dividend distribution yield as well. So again, that's Western Midstream Partners trading for $22.68 a share, symbols WES. Um, the second stock is Matson. The symbol is M-A-T-X. Matson trades for about $90 per share. The market cap is only about $3.8 billion, so it is a small cap company. Matson is involved in ocean freight transportation services and logistics, so it's, it's one of those companies that's hauling things back and forth across, uh, across the waters. Uh, I, their earnings have been very strong this year, or in 2021. What I like about it is Wall Street's really looking for a significant earnings decline in 2022, uh, going from about $17 a share down to about $10 a share. I don't see that happening. So I think the stock is setting up to be able to beat those lowered expectations. You get a 1.3% dividend yield on the stock. Uh, and I think it's a stock, again, that will outperform the market in 2022. So that's Matson, M-A-T-X, uh, priced at $90 per share.
And uh, looking at their fleet, uh, all of their ships uh, have names based in Hawaii or are named after famous Hawaiians. For example, the uh, Daniel K. Inouye, named after the former senator, uh, 854 feet long. And it's a uh, mighty fine vessel based on the picture posted on their website. <laughs> Chuck Carl, well, you know, and the thing is, you, you bring up a good point about Hawaii, too. That has been a major, that is a major market. And as, you know, if, if you see those um, uh, markets opening up, whether it's tourist markets in Hawaii, you know, which I think will over 2022, you know, that's going to be a plus for the stock as well. Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services based in Hammond, Indiana.